Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I had an eerie encounter during a solo hunting trip. I had successfully tagged out on the first day of a deer hunt. And with ten full days off work, I wasn't ready to return to the real world just yet. But I decided to spend a few nights exploring new areas of the hunting unit for future seasons. I took a service road deep into the wilderness and found the perfect spot in a valley surrounded by towering peaks. I set up camp and then ventured out to scout the area for deer, just for fun. As I headed back to camp, I noticed something peculiar. 
Several of the trees surrounding my campsite were scarred with deep vertical marks. They looked like claw marks, but I couldn't tell if they were from a bear, a mountain lion, or even purposefully made by someone trying to fool people like me. I shrugged it off and settled in for the night. Being a light sleeper, any sound or disturbance could easily awaken me. And in the dead of night, that's precisely what happened. I was jolted awake by the most chilling sound I'd ever heard, a screaming banshee-like wail echoing through the valley. I lay there frozen in my sleeping bag as the eerie sound repeated several times, each scream sending shivers down my spine. I tried to rationalize the noise, telling myself it must be a distant animal or the wind howling through the trees. But deep down, I couldn't shake the feeling that something otherworldly was out there haunting the valley. As morning broke, I packed up my camp, my nerves still on edge from the night before. I left the area, unable to shake the memory of the spine-chilling screams and the unexplained claw marks. To this day, the experience remains one of the most unsettling moments of my life. A reminder that there are still mysteries lurking in the wild, waiting to be discovered by the unsuspecting adventurer. I couldn't believe my luck when I set out on a solo hunting trip in the secluded forests of Texas. My goal was to hunt wild stags, but little did I know that this journey would lead me to a heart, pounding encounter with an unknown creature. Venturing deeper into the woods, the sunlight grew scarce, and an eerie feeling settled in. Undeterred, I followed a path that seemed to lead to a promising hunting ground. But as I pressed on, I caught a glimpse of something strange in the distance. My heart raced as I tried to make out the figure. It stood tall, completely black against the snow, and moved on two legs. Its arms hung down by its sides, almost dragging through the ground. From where I stood, about fifty or sixty meters away, I couldn't see its face, but something about it sent shivers down my spine. It was like nothing I had ever encountered before. The creature seemed to be walking away from me, unaware of my presence. I couldn't help but be curious, despite the fear gnawing at the back of my mind. As I raised my rifle, my hands trembled with a mix of fear and excitement. I had to know what this mysterious creature was. Taking a deep breath, I steadied my aim and pulled the trigger. The gunshot echoed through the quiet forest and my heart pounded in my chest. To my surprise, the bullet hit the creature, causing it to let out a blood-curdling scream and collapse to the ground. My curiosity now replaced with concern. I approached the fallen creature cautiously, but as I got closer my heart skipped a beat. The creature was gone, vanished into thin air. I couldn't believe my eyes, and I wondered if the shot had somehow just scared it away. Puzzled and slightly unnerved, I looked around, searching for any sign of the creature. There was no trace of it except for the spot where it had fallen, now covered in snow. Doubts crept into my mind as I tried to make sense of what had just happened. Had I imagined it all? Was it some sort of illusion brought on by the isolation of the forest? I couldn't be sure, but I knew one thing for certain. I had to find some evidence to prove to myself that what I had seen was real. I spent the next few hours scouring the area, looking for tracks or any sign of the creature's presence. But it was as if the creature had never been there at all. Frustration and confusion filled my mind as I reluctantly decided to head back. As I walked back through the deep woods, I couldn't shake the feeling that I had stumbled upon something extraordinary, something beyond my understanding. Though I had no concrete evidence of the creature's existence, the memory of its faceless form would stay with me forever. 
I could still remember the chill that ran down my spine as our helicopter descended into the remote mountain range of the Pacific Northwest. We were an elite Navy SEAL team sent to investigate multiple high-profile disappearances that had captured the government's attention. The locals whispered about ancient legends of Bigfoot, Wendigo, and werewolves inhabiting the dense forests, but we dismissed these tales as mere folklore. As we navigated the treacherous terrain, however, we soon realized that our skepticism had been misplaced. The evidence was undeniable. We found ourselves facing off against these terrifying cryptids. Each encounter left us breathless, adrenaline pumping through our veins as we fought for our lives against creatures we had previously believed to be mere myths. We were forced to adapt our tactics and weaponry to battle these legendary beasts while traversing the challenging landscape. Our state of the art military gear proved less than effective against these supernatural foes, and we relied on our wits and resourcefulness to survive. As we delved deeper into the mystery, we uncovered a clandestine organization hidden deep within the mountain. They had been capturing and experimenting on these cryptids, attempting to create an unstoppable army of monstrous hybrids. The horror of their intentions struck us to the core, and we knew we had to act quickly to stop them from unleashing these abominations upon the world. With grim determination, we fought our way through the heavily guarded facility, destroying equipment and liberating the tormented creatures. The cryptids, the cryptids, though fearsome, seemed to understand that we were there to help them, and they fought alongside us against their captors. In the end, we managed to capture the cryptids and cripple the organization's twisted plans, but the victory came at a terrible cost. Twenty of our brothers-in-arms fell in the line of duty, their lives lost to the formidable creatures they had been sent to investigate. As we left the Pacific Northwest, the weight of our losses hung heavily on our hearts. We had stopped a terrifying threat, but the world was now forever changed by the knowledge that these legendary beings were, indeed, real. We mourned for our fallen comrades. Their sacrifice is a testament to the strength and courage of those who dare to face the unknown. As we returned to our normal lives, the memory of our mission remained etched in our minds. We knew that the world was filled with more mysteries than we had ever imagined, and we carried the burden of our experiences with a newfound understanding of the darkness that lurked just beyond our comprehension. I'm atheist, so or I'm an abnormally lucky guy, or somebody is watching out for me. Not one. Not two, not three, but four times I had this urgency to go to an open area. If I were claustrophobic, I would understand it, but I, when I got to this open area, not one single building around me, and strong earthquake will hit the town. Puebla, 1998, 1999, and 2017, and Orizaba, 2015. Weird thing is, I don't live in those cities. Four times I've outran in hurricane category. Five by a matter of hours. When I need something, I usually get it. You want to know how crazy it has become, this. Last year, due pandemic, the United States consulate in Mexico stopped all working related to foreign visas. Without visa, I couldn't work on the United States, so I got dumped to that opportunity. Fast forward to September, and another chance is hitting my doorbell. Better salary, better conditions, just plain better. But since I didn't cancel my visa appointment I had preference during the few three or four weeks the United States consulate worked before having to shut down again. Everything was just one day to do. One day wait to the interview. One day to get the visa. 
From there, I can go on and on about losing bus tickets only to later seeing that bus was wrecked or hijacked, only studying the topics of a test was so common. My classmates were pending on what topics I ended up studying. Seriously, I'm a very lucky person. And before you ask, I have never lost on lotteries, scratches, and those kind of things. Never. I've never won big time, but never lost, and I got the feeling I shouldn't keep trying. I can't honestly explain from where such good luck comes, and I know statistics, and I know chances are almost always on our favor. But seriously, I just have so much luck. That is just ridiculous. And I'd like to start this by stating that I don't believe in the supernatural. But once, when I was 16, I was at a sleepover at a friend's house. And at about 3 a.m., I got up to get myself a cup of water. My bud was half asleep, but I asked if he wanted one, too. Which he just kind of did to me and sound to, and then turned to face away from the door in bed. I got out the door as the room was directly connected to the kitchen, grabbed two cups, and filled them. As I now had both my hands full, I tried to whisper for him to open the door as others in the house were asleep. I saw his hand crawl around the edge of the very slightly open door. The door started pulling into the room, but with closer inspection, the hand was completely blue, tinted with very yellow nails and way skinnier than hands of anyone in the house. I got into the room, not thinking too much of it turned out. He was completely asleep, still turned away from the door, didn't freak me out till the day after. My best friend of 16 years told me a story that I will never forget. This didn't happen directly to me, but it scared the shit out of me that I literally think about this tale once a week. This friend and I have been best buds since the first day of kindergarten. She's an atheist who has never believed in ghosts or anything paranormal. I used to tell her ghost stories all the time to try and mess with her, but she's all science. After she moved into this house, I think her beliefs have changed a bit. She and two other roommates, and Cat, moved into this old house in North Carolina that was notorious for being spooky and haunted. Weird things would happen all of the time. For example, her roommate was sitting on her bed once, and her desktop computer mouse unplugged itself and literally flew across the room. The cat would be fine one minute, then look into a dark corner and hiss, stand in her haunches, run and hide. They would hear noises, feel they were being watched, all typical haunted house stuff. One of the creepiest parts of this story isn't actually paranormal at all. This old, old woman, whose husband later told the group she had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, would frequently come to the house and knock on the door asking to see her mother. I suppose she lived in the neighborhood and would walk to the house and the husband, still with a clear mind, would have to drive and apologetically pick up his wife and take her home. The roommates would gently tell her that no one lives there except the three of them, and she would usually leave, confused. One day, my friend was home alone, sitting on the couch watching TV. The back door was located behind the couch. Because of the TV, my friend didn't hear the back door open, but she sensed someone behind her. She turned around, and that old woman was standing there, calling out for her mother. My friend freaked and told the woman she had to leave and escorted her to the door. I guess the old woman stopped coming around after that. So, fast forward a few months, and the three roommates, two girls, one guy, decide to move out and go their separate ways, but the night before they moved out, they decided to eja board the place. 
I told my friend she's an idiot for doing this, and apparently the little cup, or whatever was flying around that board, something came through. They asked it several questions. They asked if it was here alone, and it said no. They asked if it was human, and it said no, and that was that. But it gets weirder. My friend told me she'd often be driving to work or her new apartment in the same town and would just end up at the house. Like she had no control or awareness of where she was driving, she would just go there. One time she said she even knocked and tried to move back in without knowing why or where this impulse was coming from. This happened to her often. The three roommates later met up at a party and they discussed their time in the house. She told them about this weird habit she'd picked up and said they both turned white. Apparently, all three of them had been doing this, driving to the house uncontrollably and not being able to explain why. At the same party after my friend and the other girl had left, this random chick approached the boy roommate, having no knowledge of their past with the house. She said, I know this may sound weird, but I'm a medium, and you have three things attached to you. Do you know anyone close to you who has passed? The boy skeptically responded, Yes, I lost both of my parents a few years ago. Could it be them? The medium said two of the attachments could be your parents. But that third thing is something else. That third thing is dark and I want you back. Now we can argue she made this up to try and frighten me, but I can promise you I know when she's lying or trying to prank me. The specificity of this story is too legit and she'd have no reason to make this up. I'm just really glad she never asked me to sleep over while she lived there. As you all know, it's Halloween, and my friends and I just had a really weird experience. We were sitting in the cemetery next to the host friend's house and smoking weed at around 9.39.45 p.m. We were just messing around and having fun until we heard a super loud growl from the woods behind us. Like, not an animal growl, but not a man growl either. It sounded like Mongolian throat singing or something. I asked everyone, did you guys hear that? But nobody responded, and one of my friends took off running. We all took off running after her, even my friend whose legs give out on him a lot and would be in extreme pain every time he ran. So I know they weren't doing it to fuck with me. My one friend said he could hear someone running through the woods behind us, and another friend heard what sounded like a man yelling after us. The neighborhood is full of extremely rich old people, and none of us think they would pull a prank like that, especially since it was pitch black and we had no flashlight so you wouldn't just be able to casually see us in the cemetery unless you were looking on purpose any ideas on what the f just happened to us my brother and his friend were deer hunting in some woods up in the area close to his home this was multiple years ago so nothing recent they were going through the woods with their guns when This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Suddenly they spot something up in a tree watching them. This thing jumps from the high vantage point. It's at around 10 or 20 feet high and falls all the way down to the ground below without being seriously injured. It was covered in thick mattered hair and it was on two legs. They aimed their guns at it, but the thing screamed at them. Though he considered it more like a roar and charged them, they ran out of the woods as fast as they could. As this thing chased them for quite some time before finally losing it and getting back home in one piece. My aunt and uncle are the oldest of my mother's family. My uncle had served in the Vietnam War and was even at one point during his stay overseas captured along with his brother. They were held hostage by the Viet Cong in the jungles. He would often tell stories of how they would whip them and beat them mercilessly and throw fesses on them all. After he returned home, they lived up in the rural area where my mother's family had grew up in their whole lives before she had moved to the city and started a private in-home nursing. Hospice center where my aunt had personally cared for deathly ill patients. From dementia to cancer, she treated them all with respect and kindness. However, around the early 2010s, after she had long since retired and my uncle starting to become ill, as well, the organization whom helped get them the house in the first place had foreclosed on them. They were forced to move into a retirement home by the interstate. It was a high-rise apartment building located by the interstate, Mostly only elderly and handicapped were living there, well around a few months to maybe a year to their stay there. One night they saw a elderly woman who had Alzheimer's walking across a frozen pond near building. No one even knew she was even gone. They watched in horror as the woman fell through the ice and drowned in the lake. No one discovered her body until the next morning. After that, however, some say her spirit lingered in the building. My aunt and uncle would often talk about how they would hear footsteps. And one night my uncle had gotten up for something to drink in the middle of the night. To see the woman standing there in the middle of the living room. Frightened, he flicked on the light and she vanished. This continued for months and weeks as the spirit of the woman haunted their living area. Eventually, though they were forced to move again after my uncle had dementia for years prior, but it started to progress even more during this time, and just last year he would lose his long battle with the evil disease. Our house I moved into was close to a Native American burial site. The landlord out of nowhere said the last tenants experienced ghosts. I wondered why she brought that up, blew it off, whatever. The garage had a single light bulb with a pull string on it. I'm sitting eye-level to it, about two feet away, smoking a cigarette. I watch it pull straight down and click off. I run inside, try to chill. My mom gets home and I tell her what happened. She thought I was just making it up. Didn't really believe. Two months go by. I'm sitting on the couch. She runs in the house, pale as can be. The light string pulled down again, right in front of her. Other things happened in that house, but nothing ever threatening. That changed my mind on the world around me. Whether it was a parallel dimension that was somehow interacting or a ghost, that house changed my life. Years ago, while hiking with my girlfriend in a very isolated area, we discovered we were being stalked. 
It was late in the day, not dark yet, but getting there. We were on a path with heavy woods on each side. We could hear movement in the woods, sounds of leaves, rustling, branches, snapping, etc. That seemed to parallel our path and matched our movements. However, we couldn't see anything. We tested it, stopped walking to listen, and the noise would stop, start and stop again, and it would match our movements. Finally, I left my girlfriend on the path and walked toward the noise. I did see something that, to this day, I can't explain, and it scared me very badly. When I saw it, it had been behind a tree and quickly ran away. It was probably thirty feet from me when it took off. Humanoid shape, extremely tall and thin. I've always described it as being almost skeletal. It was pale white. I'd estimate it was seven feet tall or more. It ran away very quickly, which is a good thing because I was paralyzed with fear after seeing it. After a minute, I got my wits back a little and went back to my girlfriend, and we got out of there. Luckily, we didn't have far to go. True story, and it made me realize that there are unexplainable things in this world. I wasn't alone on this one, but it's a close enough story that I thought might be appreciated here. I was 17, and out with my boyfriend hiking out to some caves. He said he knew about But we had gotten turned around and lost the daylight before we made it there. So no big deal. We decided to bivouac in a small clearing, built a campfire, and made the most of a rare opportunity for some secluded sexy times. We were getting close when he starts and just bolts upright, listening for something. I listened to, and off in the distance you could hear this commotion going on, rustling and cracking from branches. And it is steadily getting closer to our camp. We figured maybe an animal chasing a rabbit or something, but the sounds just keep getting closer and suddenly my boyfriend just leaps to his feet saying that's someone running. It was like he just hit a panic button in my brain. He grabbed my hand and we both just bolted, leaving our packs and everything. We ran until I thought my lungs were on fire but when we stopped, we could still hear the sound getting louder. Suddenly my lungs didn't matter, and we ran for what felt like hours. It felt like whoever it was would catch us if we slowed down for even a moment. I'd never hauled ass so fast for so long. Finally, we ended up on a gravel road dotted with an occasional house. We figured out where we were and how to get back to where his car was parked. My boyfriend went back with a couple buddies the next day to see if he could find our campsite and said some of the stuff from his pack was piled up next to the fire, but his extra boots and water was missing. My pack was nowhere to be seen. During a mentally unstable period of my life, I stayed out in a cabin on a friend's property in Texas. I was out there for about a week. Meant to stay for two weeks, but you'll see why I left. With no electricity, no running water, no nothing. It was late autumn, so I didn't have to worry about air conditioning. To get refrigerated food, I'd have to drive about two miles to his house, then another mile to the store. There were no wires, no random pieces of equipment, no nothing. From the second night onward, I would hear beeping outside behind the cabin. It was a single, steady beep most of the time, and sometimes two or three paired together. Since I was a bit mental, as stated, I thought it was just my mind the first night. Problem is, it continued the next night and so forth, but not in the same spot. On the fourth night, it was out front of the cabin. The fifth, it was out back again. And the last night, it was right beside the bedroom wall, left side of the cabin. I searched high and low the first two days I heard it, 
and even asked my friend about it, but he assured me there was nothing out there, and he didn't go out there. Even if he did, I would be able to hear him. We tried to get his dog to stay with me the third night, but as soon as the beeping started, it hid under the bed, started whining, and eventually started crying. So I drove him back to my friend's house. With how close that beeping got the last night, I didn't bother staying. I'm pretty sure I had an encounter with a skinwalker, too, but that was during a road trip. I never considered myself an ordinary man. Roy Anderson... A dedicated family man and an avid hunter was my name. Each year, as the vibrant colors of autumn painted the landscape, I eagerly awaited the time, honored tradition shared with my hunting friends. We would embark on a thrilling excursion into the depths of unknown woods to pursue the elusive deer, testing our skills and strengthening the bonds of friendship. This year, our chosen destination was a secluded forest nestled in the Appalachian Mountains renowned for its haunted past and tales of missing persons. The air was thick with anticipation as we gathered our gear and set out, our hearts pounding with a mix of excitement and trepidation. The stories we had heard about the forest's dark history only fueled our desire for adventure. As we delved deeper into the forest, surrounded by towering trees and enveloped in an eerie silence, a sense of unease began to seep into our souls. Unbeknownst to us, we had inadvertently strayed into uncharted territory, a place shrouded in mystery and inhabited by an unknown force. It started subtly, with whispers on the wind and fleeting shadows that danced at the edge of our vision. But soon, the malevolence lurking in the depths of the woods made its presence known. The forest seemed to awaken, vibrating with another worldly energy. Fear coursed through our veins as we realized we had become prey in this dark game. And then we saw it, the cryptid, a creature that defied explanation with six legs and standing at a towering height of eleven feet. It appeared as a monstrous hybrid, combining the ferocity of a mountain lion with the raw power of a bear. Its presence was both mesmerizing and terrifying, as its eyes glowed with a sinister intelligence. The forest became a battleground, the thrill of the hunt replaced by the desperate struggle for survival. Each of us fought valiantly, but the cryptid seemed to possess an uncanny ability to anticipate our moves, as if it were toying with us. We realized that our only chance lay in confronting this formidable adversary head on. In the final moments of our harrowing encounter, I found myself face to face with the cryptid. Determination surged through my veins as I summoned all my strength to deal a decisive blow. I struck, unleashing a mighty attack. The cryptid let out an agonizing roar, and I believed victory was within our grasp. But the moment was fleeting. As I fought to maintain consciousness, the world blurred around me. When I finally awoke, the sun was beginning its descent, casting an orange glow upon the forest. Panic gripped my heart as I frantically searched for any trace of the cryptid's body, but it was gone, vanished without a trace. Confusion and disbelief clouded my mind as I pieced together the fragments of what had transpired. How had I survived? What had become of the cryptid? The forest offered no answers, its secrets buried within its ancient, gnarled trees. Now I am left with an unforgettable tale to tell, a haunting reminder of the unseen forces that lurk in the depths of the unknown. I had hiked in fifteen miles to an alpine wilderness and just laid down for the night. 
when a youngish guy in shorts and no bag pops out and asks me if I have water. I, of course, shared my water. He immediately said he had been hiking since yesterday. Apparently him and his friend went way back and off trail, skirting some cliffs along the way. Then he just says half-jokingly, Yeah, his brains are everywhere. I laughed half-acidly, but he was sending off a really deadly vibe, not dangerous, just stone-cold shock. I asked him to clarify that last part and offered him food and a cigarette. I also ordered him to sit down. He didn't want to because he would lose his legs if he sat now, but I explained he needed to sit a while. Long story short, his friend slipped and fell, and when he hit, his head popped, and then his body got wedged in a crevice. The guy I was talking to had spent all the previous day hiking around the cliff to find his friend, then had to hike out of the valley up the ridge and down again, all on talus slope off. Trail. He was absolutely shredded, skinned, tore up. He was begging me to come with him and help me get his friend out of the hills. That's the part that really stuck with me. He got up and was about three feet into the bush when I grabbed him gently and said, Hey, I got a phone. We'll see if emergency service works. Somehow it did, and I have zero idea how, technically or otherwise. We were standing in a glacial cratered alpine lake, 15 miles from the trailhead. I got rescue up there, and man, I was super impressed with their response. Within a few hours, the first group of volunteers were passing my camp. These guys all looked like supermen, and they were. All night afterwards, a constant stream of rescue volunteers. I stayed camp and made a comfy spot for them to rest on the way down. They had to wait up there in white-out conditions for six nights, but rather than leave, they kept a constant vigil over the hiker's dead body. When the weather broke, a chopper flew in and took them all out. I've never been so deeply moved and impressed with that kind of selflessness in something we regard as a hobby, a sport, words that take away the very dangerous nature of it. Read all these stories, and it seems most are death by slip and fall. Happens too easy. Don't take the chance with your life. Last night, there was a storm that hit Alabama. It started raining really hard around 4 p.m. and started getting really bad around 5 and 6 p.m. There was a tornado that hit Jefferson County, if I recall correctly. So before all that, at around 2.30 p.m., I went outside to feed the dogs when I got a text message from my sister. Hey, my battery died again. I'm at the water plant. My sister's car battery sucks. There's a water plant not far from here, so she pulled over. I got there, boosted her battery, and she went home. I wanted to go to the store, get some chips. Now my road is extremely backwoods. When you're on my road, it's like driving in a forest. I got some chips and headed back home, and by this time it's 3.15. It's starting to get cloudy, dark, and some rain. At 3.30 I was finally almost home, just going through all these crazy turns. It's pretty common to see a deer or two pop up, so I was driving around 25 miles per hour around this curve. When I saw this thing, it moved, ran like a monkey, was naked like a person. Blue pale skin, long limbs, short body, a small skull, not too small, just small enough it didn't look like it belonged. If, if we're to stand, I would believe it to be about six foot tall, maybe a little shorter. I slammed on my brakes, but by the time I came to a stop, it had already ran into the woods. It didn't look at me, it just ran. Got home, told my sister she thinks I'm pulling a joke on her. I'm just like what last night and today I'm still not sure what the hell I saw. I like to hunt. I got guns, but I'm not brave enough to find out what it is. 
Does anyone have any idea what that was? This was in North Alabama. Is anyone from around here that's seen it? I don't know if I'll ever see it again, but if I do, I'll post again. If I see it again, I'll try to take a picture.